0: WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries.
2: Even though sheep face many dangers as they travel through these valleys of deep darkness, the possibility of death being one of them, they don't need to be afraid. They don't need to be afraid at all because their shepherd... Is there, he's present and he's strong and he can protect them and he will protect them. Folks, that's why the truth of this verse should be such a comfort to all of us because as the Lord's sheep, it assures each of us that we don't have to be afraid of anything as we go through life because the Lord our shepherd is with us and he will protect us. This is why this verse is so very relevant practical because every single one of us knows what it's like to be afraid
1: to say that sheep are skittish is quite an understatement a news article from iceland back in 2006 told about a man in the westman islands who was out walking his dog the dog started pestering some nearby sheep and to escape the dog six of them ran right off a cliff to their deaths In 1987, two stray dogs in California's San Fernando Valley reportedly stampeded a flock of 200 sheep over a cliff, and they fell 250 feet to their deaths. Just this spring in April of 2014, the BBC ran a story about sheep in West Sussex dying of heart attacks as a result of off-road motorcyclists riding through their flocks. Yep, sheep are skittish, to say the least. And the Bible compares us to sheep. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse, a Bible class of the air led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve is guiding us through what just may be the most read and the most comforting chapter in the entire Bible, the 23rd Psalm. And today we will be considering the verse we so often hear given as a source of consolation at funerals and deathbeds. It's verse 4, which the New American Standard Bible translates as, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Fear of death is nearly universal, although I sometimes wonder about that when I see how some people drive. But as we'll hear today, this verse isn't intended as comfort exclusively for people facing death. I know people who are terrified by thunderstorms, for example. And Psalm 23.4 helps them ride out that storm. I read about one little boy in particular who sure could have used this verse. As his mother tucked him into bed during a severe storm, he asked in a trembling voice, Mommy, will you stay with me all night? His mother smiled and gave him a warm hug. And then she said gently, I can't, dear. Mommy needs to sleep with Daddy tonight. He nodded, and as she was about to leave the room, she heard her boy's shaky voice saying, The big sissy... Now, let's open our Bibles to Psalm 23 and listen as Pastor Steve shares how wonderful it is to have the loving, wise, and all-powerful Lord Jesus as our divine shepherd, no matter what kind of situation makes us feel skittish.
2: This morning as we continue our study of Psalm 23, we have come to what has been called the central verse of this psalm, and a verse whose words have brought tremendous comfort to those who are either facing death themselves or mourning the death of a loved one. The verse I'm referring to is the well-known statement of verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Concerning this verse, Charles Spurgeon summed up the feeling of many when he said, and I quote, this unspeakably delightful verse has been sung on many a dying bed and has helped to make the dark valley bright. He's absolutely right. In fact, Psalm 23, and this verse in particular, folks, has been associated with death. It's appeared on more funeral programs and has been read and mentioned at more memorial services than any other passage of Scripture. And the reason for this is because this verse offers great comfort by telling us that God is with us as we walk through the dark valley where death lurks. Now, while this verse has certainly helped to ease the pain and the suffering of many who are in the throes of death, a closer look, a closer look at David's words indicates that they're actually directed more to the living than to the dying. See, while these words about the valley of the shadow of death, they're certainly applicable to those who are dealing with death. I want you to know that they are intended to be much broader than death. Broader in that David is writing to help those who are alive, but are facing all kinds of dangers, including the prospect of of death, And the reason I say this is because the Hebrew words that David uses here that are translated valley of the shadow of death have more to do with darkness than actually with death itself. They're probably better translated darkest valley or valley of deep darkness. See, what David is talking about are those narrow valleys and ravines in Israel where little sunlight is able to penetrate and therefore they are dark and and very shadowy. Here's the way one Bible teacher described what David was really referring to. He writes, The shepherd would lead his flock from one grazing place to another, a move which would often involve passing through a narrow valley between high, jagged cliffs, often filled with potential dangers, such as wild animals. The sun would be obstructed from shining into the valley, creating darkness or A shadow, such a shadow in the valley would often become a place of death for wandering sheep, hence a shadow of death. So the thought then behind this expression, valley of the shadow of death, while not excluding the possibility of a sheep dying, it really doesn't capture David's primary point, which is this, that even though sheep face many dangers as they travel through these valleys of deep darkness, the possibility of death being one of them They don't need to be afraid. They don't need to be afraid at all because their shepherd is there. He's present and he's strong and he can protect them and he will protect them. Folks, that's why the truth of this verse should be such a comfort to all of us. Because as the Lord's sheep, it assures each of us that we don't have to be afraid of anything as we go through life because the Lord, our shepherd, is with us and he will protect us. This is why this verse is so very relevant, practical, because every single one of us knows what it's like to be afraid. We've all been there. We've all been in some really dark valleys. Might be the dark valley of an illness or the death of someone, and you fear what will happen to you, what will happen to a loved one who's ill, might be the dark valley of going through a divorce or the breakup of a close relationship and you fear the pain that's coming with that. It might be the dark valley of being betrayed and hurt by someone that you once trusted. Or it might be the dark valley of losing your job, of being fearful, of just having enough money and surviving. It could be any of these dark valleys. See, you don't have to be dying to feel the darkness closing in on you. Whatever is a dark place in your life, that's the valley of darkness for you. And the temptation when we go through that is to be afraid. And it's a very real fear. And that's when we need to come to this verse in Psalm 23 and claim this incredible promise that God has given us concerning his presence and his protection. See, stepping back for a moment, looking at the big picture, we see that what David has done for us in Psalm 23, is he has presented the Lord as a kind and tender and loving shepherd who provides for everything we need to have a healthy relationship with him. Not everything in the world, not everything in general, but everything we need to have a healthy relationship with him. This is precisely what David means by opening the psalm with the words, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Writing as a satisfied and a very grateful sheep. David testifies that God has given him everything that's good for him, meaning that he's given him everything that he needs to walk in fellowship with his Lord, the good shepherd. And having said this in the opening line of the psalm, David proceeds then to tell us what those specific spiritual needs are that his shepherd has met in his life and will meet in the life of every one of us who are believers in Jesus Christ. Now, so far in our studies of Psalm 23, we have discovered two spiritual needs We have that the Lord meets. Number one, he meets our need for rest. He says in verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters like sheep who are calm enough to lie down and rest. God as our shepherd gives us peace and calmness in our hearts as we trust him and only as we trust him to be sovereign, to be good, to be wise in his care of us, believing that everything that comes into our lives has been sent by a good and sovereign, all-controlling God who has ordained all of these things to work for our good. We trust him to use all of these things, all these situations, even difficult people, to mold us into the kind of godly person that he wants us to be. And knowing this to be true, that all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose, knowing this to be true, and believing this to be true, we stop being restless. And like calm sheep, we just lie down in green pastures, we rest beside those still, quiet waters. However, like sheep, we can easily lose, we can easily forfeit that peace, can't we? this calmness of heart. And we do that by straying from our shepherd as we wander into sin. And so the second spiritual need that our shepherd meets is our need for not only rest, but restoration. Verse three says this, we looked at it last week. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Due to our sinful hearts, we are, as the hymn writer put it, we are prone to wander. We are prone to stray from the God that we love. But because he loves us, he goes after us, using his word to convict us of our sin. And then when we have repented in the imagery of the parable that Jesus gave in Luke 15, the Lord places us upon his strong shoulders and he carries us back home, rejoicing the whole time because he's found one of the sheep. And once we are home... He helps us to stay home and not wonder, how does he do that? By giving us the guidance of his word, the Bible, so that we now know the right paths to, to walk on, and, and we're encouraged not to stray from them again. And he does this not only because this is what's best for us as his sheep, but he does this, he says, for his name's sake, meaning that this is what honors his name. This is what glorifies him by our obedience. So, having given us the guidance of his word, we now have clear direction from Scripture as to which paths we are to walk on. In other words, as we follow the teaching of the Bible, like sheep walking down the right trails, following their shepherd, we're walking in the paths of righteousness that glorify our divine shepherd. But listen very closely. Because as we follow our shepherd down these paths of righteousness, He will at times lead us onto very dark roads, some deep and dark valleys, valleys and roads which are filled with all kinds of dangers and all kinds of difficulties. But we are not to be worried, we are not to be afraid, because as David tells us here in verse 4, when we find ourselves on these difficult roads in the dark valleys of life and we are tempted to be filled and controlled by fear, our shepherd meets another need in our lives. In addition to providing us with rest and restoration, David now tells us that he also provides us with protection, protection. Verse four, once again, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, as I've already mentioned, the valley of the shadow of death refers to those sunless, narrow valleys in Israel that are filled with all kinds of dark shadows. See, the land of Israel and the hill country of Judah in particular, they're filled with all kinds of ravines and gorges that shepherds have to lead their sheep through in order to get them to the the flatlands of the Jordan Valley or the area around the Dead Sea. But these valleys not only are dark they're not just dark, but they're, they, they have a lot of caves in them, which provide natural hiding places for wild beasts and for, for robbers, making them extremely dangerous places to travel. In addition, there are often poisonous snakes along these paths, just coiled and ready to strike, as well as hungry wolves concealed by the dark shadows. And so, when David speaks of the valley of the shadow of death. He's really, a, he's really speaking about all those dark places in life where we find ourselves, dangerous places, places of uncertainty, situations that cause us to be naturally frightened, circumstances that threaten to rob us of our peace and joy. So what does our shepherd do to relieve our fears when we find ourselves in those unfamiliar dark valleys? Well, before we look at what our shepherd does, I want you to notice the two little words that David uses to begin verse 4. He says, Even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, he's telling us that following the Lord often takes us through some very dark experiences, even though following him leads to this. See, those dark valleys in life are just as much God's righteous paths for you as those tranquil green pastures that are beside the quiet waters and that's because the will of god doesn't always lead us to happy experiences and circumstances in life or to mountaintop experiences either sometimes his will leads us into those valleys too and our journey there takes us through some very dark days and tough and very painful experiences and our natural tendency while we are going through those dark valleys is to be afraid fearful of being hurt being harmed But listen closely, because here's the point that David is making in all of this. He's saying, even though following the Lord means that I have to walk through a very dark valley where all kinds of dangers are lurking, even the possibility of death, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. That's his testimony. And the reason that David tells us he isn't afraid is because he says his shepherd is with him so that he's not alone as he walks through this dark place. He's not alone. He's not just with other sheep who are no stronger than he is. The shepherd is with him. Now, once again, I want you to notice something that's very interesting and significant, but it's also something that's very easy to overlook. I want you to see how David refers to the Lord in verse 4. Instead of speaking, as he has in the previous verses, about the Lord, this would really be in the third person singular, referring to the Lord as he... David now changes his wording so that in this verse, he's speaking not about the Lord, he's speaking to the Lord. In the second person singular, referring to him as you. See, up to this point in Psalm 23, everything David has said about God has been about him. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He restores my soul. But now, notice in verse 4, he no longer is speaking about the Lord. Now he's speaking to the Lord. So he says, you are with me. This is a prayer. So why the sudden change? Why does David alter his wording at this point in the psalm? Probably because he wants to stress to us that no matter how difficult our journey is, we're not alone because our shepherd is with us. See, as David walks through this dark valley, he wants to emphasize that his shepherd is close to him, walking right beside him, so close to him that he can speak to him can talk to him, he can say to him, you're with me, so I won't fear any evil. In other words, in facing danger, David wants us to know that our shepherd is right there alongside of us. He's not, he's not out in front of us as a shepherd, leading us from a distance. No, he's so close, so intimately and personally involved in our lives that he is able to immediately protect us from anyone who tries to harm us. He's so close we can speak to him. Folks, that's really the cure to all of our fears when we're going through a dark valley. It's to know that our shepherd is with us. He is so close that we can actually talk to him and say to him, no matter what evil is out there, Lord, I don't need to be afraid because you're with me and you're protecting me. And even if harm comes to me, it's in your sovereign will. See, literal sheep are by nature, I've told you before, they're really dumb animals, but they're, and animals that don't lie down easily, but they're also animals that are easily frightened, especially in new circumstances. They're not very adaptable, and they also lack good vision, so that when it's dark and they're traveling through a shadowy valley, the only way they derive their courage is from the fact that their shepherd, they know, is present with them, so close to them that they know that he'll protect them from any danger. That's exactly the way a good shepherd acts towards his sheep. That's how he acts when one is attacked. He, he will lay his life down in an effort to protect them and defend them. A number of years ago, Dr. John Davis Of Grace Theological Seminary, actually at one time was president there, he took some time to travel and to work with some Bedouin Arab shepherds in Israel, learning how they took care of their sheep. Now concerning the way that these shepherds guarded and protected their flock, Dr. Davis writes these words in a book he wrote called The Perfect Shepherd. It's about his experience with these Bedouin shepherds. He writes this, you may take the flock yourself today, my son, but guard them, guard them well. He writes these words, so heavy with responsibility, were spoken to 15 year old Abdul, who was about to take his father's flock to the grazing areas for the first time. Abdul's response in Arabic was both moving and meaningful to me. Literally translated, he said, I will guard them to the best of my strength, my life for theirs. Folks, that's how a good shepherd thinks. And what he does to protect the life of his sheep, he guards them to the best of his strength and will die fighting for them if necessary. This is exactly what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 10 when he said that he was the good shepherd who would lay down his life for the sheep. And he made a contrast between a shepherd and a hireling, meaning a hired hand. A hireling is just someone who takes care of the sheep for money. He's paid to do this. It's only a job to him. He has no concern, really, for the sheep's welfare. And when he sees a wolf coming, he flees. He leaves the sheep because he's just a hired hand. He's not a shepherd. Jesus spoke of that in John 10. He said, in contrast to that, to a hireling, he's the good shepherd who lays his life down for the sheep. The laying down of Christ's life for the sheep that's, he's talking about his death on the cross. That's the way he protected us from the ultimate danger and pain of all pains, God's eternal wrath. Christ took our place, was punished by experiencing the full fury of the Father's wrath that, that we all deserved so that we could be forgiven of our sins because they've been paid for. And we could spend eternity in heaven with God. And now, as our great shepherd, he still protects us from evil, he still protects us from harm, so that we don't ever need to be fearful, anxious, or afraid.
1: King David knew when he wrote Psalm 23 how far a shepherd would go for his sheep. When David volunteered to fight Goliath, King Saul said, "'You're just a kid. You can't fight a giant.'" David replied in 1 Samuel 17, verses 34 through 37, he said, Your servant was tending his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him and attacked him, and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard, and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God." And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. David not only knew what a shepherd would do for his sheep, he knew what his own shepherd would do for him. Thanks for listening today to Verse by Verse. I hope today's study in the 23rd Psalm has blessed and encouraged you. Pastor Steve Kreloff is our teacher here on Verse by Verse, and these programs come from his messages at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you ever want to visit some Sunday morning, you can find us at 1831 Sunset Point Road. For more information, visit the website www.lakesidechapel.com or call 727-441-1714. If you'd like to go back and listen to previous lessons in this series or even farther back to older ones, here's another website for you, versebyverseradio.org. You know as well as I do that simply reading Psalm 23 to someone going through a dark valley of life is not going to miraculously make them cheerful in their suffering. When we next meet, Pastor Steve Kreloff will develop this concept that trusting God when life hurts is not something that always comes easily or quickly. It's a gradual learning process. Until then, I'm your announcer, Jerry Peterson, hoping you can join us for another Verse by Verse.
0: You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse.
1: We are here to give you strength between.